Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen, wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in amma ba'd. Fa'audhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim, bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Wa la tahsabanna allaha qafilan amma ya'malu al-zalimun, innama yu'akhirhum liyawmin tashkhasu fihi al-awsar. Sadaqallahun alayhi nazim. My dear respected and most honourable elders, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. First of all, we begin by thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by glorifying and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this opportunity to congregate in His house, to worship Him, to glorify Him, to send salutations upon His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we pray that Allah will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us to worship Him in the future. Friday is the leader of days, Sayyidul Ayyam, as it is, has been referred to in the hadith of the Prophet It's a day that we come together to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to congregate uh, collectively and show our gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for granting us the life that we live. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for granting us the many blessings that He has blessed us with. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness for the sins that we have accumulated over the past seven days. Now, this particular Friday, for me, is a Friday that is more about thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and showing my gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for blessing us or blessing me with the life that I have today, blessing me with the position that I'm in today, blessing me with uh, the ease and the comfort that I experience today, seeing what's going on in the world and how many of my Muslim brethren, my Muslim brothers and sisters, our Muslim brothers and sisters are experiencing so much hardship, are going through so much turmoil, uh, through loss of life, loss of provisions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, we shall surely test you. That we shall surely test you with something from fear. We'll, we'll test you from loss of life, loss of provisions. And what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say at the end of that verse? And give glad tidings to those who remain patient. Give glad tidings to those who show their gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all of those things that he has blessed them with. Give uh, thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all the bounties that Allah has granted to them. It's particularly difficult for me today uh, to talk about all of the, the situation in the world without offering thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, without looking at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed me 
and has blessed you that we're in this fortunate position today that we can sit here in a masjid and we can listen to a khutbah we can pray our salah we can offer our du'as our prayers we can make our du'as in the comfort of an environment that is peaceful right in a situation where we're not worried about what's going on with our families we're not worried about or we're not thinking about where the next meal is going to come from or where am i going to go to sleep tonight you see this is a uh, an amazing position to be in considering how many of your fellow human beings irrespective of their faith although the vast majority of them are Muslim are going through and it's for us to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first and foremost and then to make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alleviate the pain and the suffering of those individuals not only do we make dua for them that Allah alleviate their pain it's our job and our duty to make dua against those individuals who are committing those atrocities against them there are many instances within the sunnah of the prophet where the prophet in his merciful and peaceful nature as he was we've not sent you except as a mercy for all of mankind the prophet would always make dua for his enemies may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide them to islam may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless them with islam may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala soften their hearts towards islam the Prophet ﷺ is reported that the Prophet ﷺ would make dua. Allahumma aizal Islam bi ahad al umarain. Oh Allah, strengthen Islam with the Islam of the of the two ummas. And who are the two ummas? One was Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an. And the other was Abu Jahl whose name was also Umar. But then the Prophet ﷺ in another narration, he further specified that by asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allahumma aizal islam bi islam Umar ibn Khattab. Oh Allah, strengthen Islam with the Islam specifically of Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala. And that's the dua of the Prophet wasallam that was answered. And we see many instances where the Prophet wasallam makes dua for those individuals who caused him harm. Every time the Prophet ﷺ was attacked, the Prophet ﷺ was mercilessly beaten, the Prophet ﷺ was mercilessly ridiculed, he always made dua for those individuals who committed those acts against him. Yet, when it came to his companions and his people being attacked mercilessly, 
being killed indiscriminately, being abused, then the Prophet didn't hold back in making dua against them. This is something that the, the prophets from Sayyidina Adam السلام, to the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, this is something that they all went through. They had people who opposed them and those people who accepted them. And there were times when the prophets made dua against those individuals who not only opposed them, but physically abused and assaulted them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought about his punishment against them. There's a verse of the Quran that I recited before you. This is a stark warning to all of those individuals who engage in dhulm. And before I read that verse of the Quran to you, look at what the Prophet talks about when he talks about the, the dhulm and the dhalim. The Prophet first informs us that inna dhulma dhulmatu yawm al-qiyamah. That dhulm is the darkness of the day of judgment. And dhulm literally the word itself means darkness. When you oppress somebody, you darken not only that person's life by attacking them and oppressing them, by putting them in an uncomfortable position. You put darkness or place darkness in your own life by darkening your own heart and your own soul. When you attack them and when you oppress them, you darken your own soul, your own life, and you darken the environment that you're in. You'll never find, and look out for this, a place that is all bright and full of peace and tranquil, a tranquil environment. And therein you'll find individuals who are oppressing one another. You won't find it. Whenever you look, about, you look around and you see the places all over the world where people are being attacked, where people are being killed, where violence is exacted against them, when pe where people are suffering at the hands of their oppressors, you'll see that the environment has become darkened because of their darkened actions. Look around. Next time when you, when you see Burma, and Myanmar, where our Muslim brothers and sisters are suffering horrific torment, horrific. It's in Asia, where there is sun. It's supposed to be bright, yet, look at the environment. Look at the pictures that are coming from there. Because of their atrocious actions, it has darkened the environment. This is what Zulm does. Zulm darkens places. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ said that Zulm is the darkness, oppression is the darkness on Yawm Al Qiyamah. How can we do? 
Listen to this hadith of the Prophet ﷺ reported by Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu ta'ala an. He says, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam called Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Unsur akhaqa zaliman aw mazluma. Help your oppressed brother. Or help the oppressor and your oppressed brother. Qalu ya Rasulullah. They said, O Messenger of Allah, hadha nansurhu mazluman. This is how we understand how we help the one who is oppressed. فَكَيْفَ نَنْصُرْهُ ظَالِمًا But how should we assist or help the one who is oppressing? The Prophet ﷺ said, تَأْخُذُهُ فَوْقَ يَدِهِ تَأْخُذُهُ فَوْقَ يَدِهِ That withhold his hand. Withhold his hand. I.e. physically stop him from being able to, to mercilessly uh, torture and oppress other people. It's difficult for us to do that in the situation that we're in. It's difficult for us to be able to do that. But let's, before we, before we go on to that, let's listen to what the Prophet ﷺ has to say regarding the curse of the individual and his standing of the individual who's oppressed. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cares for those individuals far more than we do. Because Allah cares for us more than our, mother, our mothers care for us, our fathers care for us. So of course, He cares about His people wherever they may be suffering. In a hadith reported by Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhumah anna nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ba'atha mu'adhan ilal Yemen when he sent Mu'adh ibn Jabal to Yemen to guide them to Islam, to teach them Islam faqal and he said to him ittakita awtha al-mazloom he said beware be very careful of the dua of the oppressed fa'innaha laysa baynaha wa bayna Allahi hijab for, for indeed, between his dua or between him and between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is no hijab. I.e. between his dua being accepted or rejected, between it reaching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is no hijab, there is nothing that stops it. Beware of that. Make sure you don't oppress somebody. Because that oppressed individual, you might not understand it at the time, but he, but he is definitely under the, the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. According to Mu'adh ibn Jabal then, he says that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once said, that should I inform you, ala ukhbiruka ala muluk al-jannah, that I, should I inform you of the muluk of jannah, of the kings of jannah, and you're going to think the kings of Jannah are the ones who pray the most. The kings of Jannah are the ones who worship Allah the most. The kings of Jannah are those who achieved righteousness in this dunya the most. This is what the Prophet ﷺ said. I said, Bala, of course, tell us, inform us of the kings of Jannah. And he ﷺ said, رَجْلٌ ضَعِيفٌ مُسْتَدْعَفٌ ذُو تِمْرَيْنِ لَا يُؤْبَهُ لَهُ 
لو أقسم على الله لا أبره أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم He said a man a weak ضعيف and مستضعف and an oppressed man a weak and an oppressed man ذوتمرين who wears and ذوتمرين means the possessor of tattered clothes the ones who has torn clothes he has nothing his financial situation isn't very good لا يؤبهو له nobody cares about him nobody gives a damn about him لو أقسم الله if he swears by Allah لا أبره Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fulfills it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala supports it these are the kings of Jannah according to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam rajlun da'ifun musta'afun weak and oppressed individuals who in this world have been oppressed have been victims of repression victims of violence I'm not going to go on and, and, and mention to you, and we don't have the time to, to mention to you the hadith on oppression. You know. You know what it is to be oppressed. You might even know what it means to be a valim. Because committing oppression, committing zulm doesn't necessarily or isn't necessarily restricted to physical violence, is it? You could oppress somebody by emotionally attacking them. You can oppress someone by mentally degrading someone, by emotionally stripping them of their humanity. You can do that. A, a bully who verbally abuses someone causes more harm than the bully who physically abuses someone because that verbal and emotional taunting has far more of an effect on the psyche of the individual who is being bullied and in this case the oppressor no the oppressed sorry and you the oppressor so there are various forms of it happening but the worst cases of oppression are not only when a person is stripped away of their dignity not only are they being killed mercilessly, tortured mercilessly, they're ripped apart from their families, their families killed in front of them. No homes, their homes taken from them. Every possession that they have taken away from them. Living a life of fear until they are struck down like, like animals, treated worse than animals the worst type of oppression is when all of that it's, it, it involves or uh, includes physical uh, oppression verbal mental oppression emotional oppression and, and and i firmly believe that the worst of its kind the worst of dhul is taking place in myanmar today the worst is being experienced by the Rohingya Muslims today. The worst of it.
But my question to you is, and my question to myself is, how do you feel? What happens? How does your heart move? How does my heart move? How is my heart affected when I see those gruesome images, when I see those terrifying videos? How does it move me? How does it move you? Do our hearts tremble with fear? Do our eyes shed tears for the plight and for the suffering of our brothers? Or do we nonchalantly scroll down, right? Blinding ourselves, ourselves by not looking, closing our eyes as if, if we close them, it all goes away. Living that life of, of delusion. Do we look away as if it has nothing to do with us? The most important thing is, when we look away, do we look away because it, you know, it's, it's physically demanding in the sense that our eyes can't bear or our heart can't bear that our eyes can see something as gruesome and as terrible as this? Or do we look away because our heart is blinded? Because our heart doesn't want to feel compassion. Our heart doesn't want to feel that fear. Our heart doesn't want to feel as something we're blinded by the... We're blinding our heart. Are we in that position? Are we merely blinding our eyes because we don't want to see it? We know what's going on, we understand it? Or are we... Or is our heart become, or has our heart become blind? Where we don't feel no compassion towards it, we don't want to accept it. We don't want to have anything to do with it. And there's a stark difference between the two. Naturally, we feel helpless. Of course we do. Sitting here thousands of miles away, unable to assist them, as we feel like we can. But that's the ploy of the shaitan. To make you feel like you're helpless and you can't do anything about it. That's the ploy of the shaitan. Even when we feel helpless, we still cannot or can never allow ourselves to become heartless. We can't allow ourselves to become indifferent to their suffering. For they are our children, those are our mothers and fathers. Those are ours, they're our brothers, brothers and sisters. Don't think of them as the other. Don't think of them as, uh, as the Rohingya Muslims. Think of them as just Muslims. Don't label them. And we discussed that before. You know, that this modern nationalist concept of, of care and compassion towards those who are related to you or connected to you in some way. Right? If you, if you ask yourselves that question, if they were, and you're from Pakistan, and they were Pakistani Muslims, and you're from Saudi Arabia, and those were Saudi Muslims, if you're from Libya, or Tunisia, or Egypt, and those were Muslims in your country, if you would feel different, then know that there's something wrong with you. If... My background is from Kashmir, and if they were from Kashmir, those individuals, 
and I would feel in a different way towards them than I do right now because they're from Burma, they're from Myanmar, then there's something wrong with me. I should ask myself that question. Why do I feel different or differently towards them than I would towards Muslims who I might know or Muslims who might share the same nationality with? Then know that there's something wrong with you and your Islam. Don't be fooled by that. They're just Muslims. And even if they weren't Muslims, they're your fellow human beings. You naturally feel, you naturally feel care and compassion towards them, irrespective of their, their color, irrespective of their faith, irrespective of who they are and what nationality and what background and the color of their skin. Don't allow yourselves to become divided because of those idiotic idioms. That's how empires collapse. Right? When, when people were uh, made or felt pride and honor towards their backgrounds and their nationalities as opposed to just caring for their fellow human beings. It's in exactly the same way for, if a world record, for example, was broken by a man from Kazakhstan, for example, and you're from uh, the neighboring country. Or Liechtenstein win the World Cup in, in 2019. We're speculating here. I don't even know that Liechtenstein was a country that existed until a few days ago. Would you feel differently towards that than, say, your own country winning the World Cup? Or your own country or somebody from your background winning a gold medal? or winning or breaking a world record. You would, wouldn't you? That's just natural. But we shouldn't, because it's the accomplishment of a fellow human being, isn't it? If there are fellow human beings who live in our locale, who, live, who share the same nationality with us, then they are also our fellow human beings who don't live in the same locale and who don't share the same nationality that we do. So don't become indifferent to their suffering. So don't turn a blind eye to the suffering of your brothers and sisters. And don't be passive. And what do I mean when, we, when I say don't be passive? Passive means when you know that this, something like this is happening and this gruesomeness, this terrible uh, thing is taking place, then don't become lazy and make yourself believe that there is absolutely nothing that you can do. That's the ploy of the shaitan. That's what shaitan wants you to. That's the, that's the perfect mindset that the shaitan wants you to believe, be in. There's nothing you can do. They're over there. You're over here. You can't help them physically. You can't support them. You can't do anything because the shaitan will make you believe that. He'll make you believe that your small contribution financially is not going to reach them and he's going to stop you from giving it. The shaitan will, will tell you there's nothing you can do for them and you don't do anything because of that. Don't ignore their pleas. Do whatever you can. Even if you may feel that it's inconsequential. Even if you feel that 
what you're doing is insignificant, do it nonetheless. Why? Because you're not only doing it for them, you're doing it, you're not only doing it to alleviate their pain and their suffering, you're also doing it for you. You're doing it for yourself. So that your heart doesn't harden, as the Quran said, that their hearts have become hardened. So that you, your heart doesn't die, for indeed a heart that, that is merciless and, and devoid of compassion is an inhumane heart, is a dead heart. You do it so that your heart doesn't die. You do it so you remain a compassionate human being, so that you remain a merciful human being. Bring life back to your heart by standing up, by becoming better. I remember when I spoke to, and I think we'll end it at this, I spoke to some friends that I had uh, who studied uh, with me in, uh, from Syria. And they were from, from Halab, they were from Aleppo. And when Aleppo and was under siege, and it is still continuing to be under siege. And I remember talking to them uh, initially, and this was at the start of the conflict, quite a few years, years ago. And I said, well, is there something that we can do for you? Because they were beautiful people. Um, and I said, is there something that we can do? What is that that we can do? He said, make dua for us. Make dua. Never forget us in your du'as. I said, of course, you know, that's natural. And when you see someone like that, that's the least that we can do is make du'a for them. And that's not inconsequential, that's not insignificant. Our du'a for them is for ourselves also, that we feel connected to them, that our hearts don't die, that we, we don't uh, uh, kill kill off our hearts by becoming compassionless and inhumane and brutal in a way. And I said to him, what else is there that we can do? And he says to me, be a good Muslim. He said, follow the teachings of the Prophet ﷺ. Be merciful and compassionate to each other. As long as it makes you better, and if there's anything that we can do, is that. Turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Repent for your sins. Be better. Because you're in a fortunate position, as I mentioned at the beginning. Extremely fortunate, you and I, that we're sitting here in a masjid. While our lives are secure, our property is secure, our children, their lives and their properties are secure. We're not having to worry about where the next meal is going to come from or where we're going to go to sleep, to sleep tonight. This is a fortunate position and a blessed position to be in. Many of our Muslim brothers and sisters don't share that or don't, uh, are not experiencing that. So remember them in your prayers. Shed tears for them. If you, if you don't shed tears for them, if you don't shed tears for this, I don't know what you're going to ever shed tears for. If you don't cry for their plight and you don't feel compassion for them, then there's something very, very wrong with you. There's something very wrong with me if I don't. And become better. And don't become passive. Do whatever you can 
You may not feel like attending a protest is beneficial or is going to do something or is going to achieve something positive. It may not. But do it again for yourself. Anything. Your small, tiny financial contributions, even if you don't believe that they're, going, they're not going to reach them. And still do it. Do it for you. Do it to, to keep your iman alive. Do it to keep your heart alive. And remember them constantly in your du'as. Never forget them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alleviate the pain and the suffering of our Muslim brothers and sisters. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, grant them freedom from their captors. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect them from the merciless torment uh, and the barbarity of their oppressors. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, exact his, his punishment on, on those individuals who seek to cause them harm. Uh,